What we'll be doing with this show is uh, taking our favorite 80s and maybe 90s pop culture properties and bringing it uh, back to prominence the right way, or at, uh, at least entertaining to us. <laughs> Reboots and, and remakes that wouldn't suck. So, uh, what's this, our first episode, uh, how we do we call this episode zero or episode one? Oh, we gotta call it one so that if we ever need to reboot the reboot show, we can do an episode zero. There's if, we, if five or ten down the road we figure out how to really do it right, we yeah. can reboot. You, you do have some um, experience in this. If we have to pop culture rescue, the pop culture rescue podcast. Exactly. <laughs> so so this is episode one, and, and our first uh, rescue... <laughs> will be a property we love, which is Masters of the Universe. It's in dire need of a rescue because anybody who is into that property either has a nostalgic love for it and that's it, or they have the nostalgia and they're still into it and they're just collecting every little scrap you can get, which is the Masters of the Universe classic uh, line from Mattel, and that is constantly under threat of dying yes. due to lack of subscriptions and there's even a save He-Man hashtag. Yes. <laughs> so it is in need of rescue. This is and, a, uh, right on time here. We are. We're here to do it. And you know what? That brings me to the very first point about it. Are we ready to dive right? Are we ready to, 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 to put on our rubber gloves and get out the defibrillators and bring this thing back to life right away? That is exactly what we're doing. All right. Well, the, the, the first thing I thought when we decided it's time to rescue MOTU is that it just needs to be catered to adults. Definitely. It's, I'm so sick of whenever anybody talks about G.I. Joe or He-Man, it's always, well, it's a children's property, so you got to toe the line. You got to, you know, it's got to have this and that. It, no, it doesn't. It was a children's property 30 years ago, and those children are adults now. Yeah. So why, why do you handcuff yourself? Because there's no kid, current kid, buying He-Man stuff. You'll pay for that. There is no kid who asked for a Masters of the Universe Classic subscription <laughs> for his birthday. <laughs> Mom, can I spend 30 bucks a month plus shipping for these uh, 12th tier figures that nobody's ever heard of? Man. It's not kids. It's all adults. I got my five-year-old a Stinkor, vintage Stinkor figure from a, a toy, from a like you know a um, vintage toy store type mm-hmm. collectible place for his birthday because he was kind of interested in my old He-Man figures and his favorite color is orange. So I'm like done. Yeah. I gave it to him and he looked at me like, why did you give me this? This is like something you would want. And it stinks. <laughs> yeah, it smells like patchouli. So you know. And I was impressed because what five-year-old knows what patchouli is. And he can also spell it. It's incredible. Yeah, he he wrote it right down, right down. So, yeah, it it just needs to be geared towards adult. It has to have adult themes. Uh, No matter how you reboot it, whether it's a a show or a film, it just doesn't need to be geared towards today's kids because you handcuff yourself and today's kids are just not into it. So, you know, what we've seen is properties that already exist that don't have a huge, huge, huge fan base, like Arrow. I mean, think about yeah. it. Arrow had zero fan base. Right. How many existing Green Arrow fans were there compared to 
Batman or Spider-Man. Very, very little. I mean, he wasn't even on Super Friends. Right, exactly. <laughs> there was a Kenner superpower of him, but yeah, you're right. He wasn't on Super Friends. Yeah, so, we would have been better off rebooting Gleek. <laughs> yeah, or the Wonder Twins. So, you're right. Uh, Arrow, you know, you got a property where it, it doesn't have a huge fan base, but they reboot it, they make a show, they do it, and, you know, people might argue that the first season wasn't awesome, but they do it in a way that it attracts new people. My wife is a big fan. She never, why would she care about Green Arrow right. before the show? So, again, it doesn't have to be catered towards, you know, kids. Everything doesn't have to be t- towards the kids. So that, to me, number one thing, if we're, if this is the writer's room or we're the showrunners or, or film screenwriters, this thing has to have whores and swearing in it. Matter of fact, I think that will be the title of our first episode of the reboot. <laughs> episode one, whores and swearing. Well, let me ask you this. Speaking of episodes, are you leaning toward a film reboot here or a show? I want a show. I do too. And, you, and I said on a recent episode of the EDP... And for those who uh, may have found us in a weird way, uh, Eclectic is the host of the Eclectic Discussion Podcast, and I'm a member of the Underscoop Fire Podcast. Not that anybody who listens to this, the first step at least, would have come across it without having known that. Yes. (laughs) But no, on a recent show of yours that I had the pleasure of being a guest on, I said I always skew TV over movies, always. Because you can develop characters better, mm-hmm. you can you can course correct if you. I mean, look, Arrow's another example where you get a little ways in, and it's like, hmm, let's listen to some feedback and some test audiences and change some things. And if the first six episodes are a little clunky, you can trim the fat and get yeah. better and turn the corner. So I know this is what happened on the island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait a minute, flashback. But it's just like uh, you know, if the Green Lantern movie had been a show. They could have been like, that first episode sucked. Let's get rid of Parallax. Let's get rid of Carol. More Sinestro. And then all of a sudden, by episode five, it's good. Oh, but it would have been great. But it was, yeah, it was a movie, and they made mistakes, and they had no chance to fix it. And they're going to just scrap it before making a second one. So, yeah, I, I'm all about a show, too. Screw the movies. Yeah, the only benefit that the movie would have is a bigger budget for CGI and effects. But True. but you will be able to tell a better story with a show. You can do ba- you know, flashbacks. You can do flash forwards. You can do all kind of uh, character development. So I think we got to go with a show. Now now here's the thing: this show needs to be on pay TV. Absolutely. So and you and it and you're right about it. This to be done right, Master of the Universe has to have a ton of flashbacks because there's so much built-in backstory of things that happened before the current sort of generation of characters and you're right it's gotta be just like you had the genius idea that the only way to do deadpool right is a showtime original series right this has to be the this, same type of thing this uh masters of the universe show um this will be coming on at 10 o'clock right after the deadpool uh, show on, <laughs> on showtime could that would be the best two-hour block of programming ever i think that's just dream programming for me but yeah, it's got to be, uh, you know, to, to sort of uh, clue people into how we even decided to, to do this topic is, you know, on Twitter we said, 
how cool would have would a Masters Universe show be if it was kind of like Game of Thrones? So it doesn't need the big film budget. It just needs the compelling characters, enough CGI to get by, and uh, you know, time to develop the stories. Yeah, I mean, you can have the heroic warriors versus the evil warriors versus the snake man. We can bring Dude. the snake man in plus the horde. The horde. I got it all planned out. Do you want to hear my my houses? Let's this go. Show? This. All right. So, first things first. This is a a again an adult theme show where you know it's gonna it's gonna be geared towards those who are aware of the property and maybe have a nostalgic love for it or are still into it. So it's gonna stick somewhat to the source material about as much as like the Marvel Cinematic Universe does. Right. So there'll be occasional things where we take a left turn that doesn't doesn't necessarily come from the source material, but for the most part, it's it, it it's looking to build new fans. I mean, not everybody who watches Game of Thrones read the, the George R. R. Martin books. Right. So yeah, stick to the source material, but you know, do a show, just like The Walking Dead. I don't read the comics, but I love the show, and, and if it sticks to it, great. If not, do what's best for the, the yeah, TV program. As long as it's good. And we'll take some liberties. And the, the benefit, though, the, the good thing is the original Masters of the Universe storyline left a lot of holes. So we get the we get the chance to fill in the holes and make things... Uh, we like to fill in holes. I'm Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC. We fill in a ton of holes. Uh, <laughs> it's a surprisingly grown-up source material for for being toward geared toward kids i mean you know in doing a little prep for this i'm reading through character bios and the stuff that was printed on the back of the action figure packages and it's like there's some i mean you think beast man is just a a, a skeletor henchman read his file card it's insane <laughs> and what and what we're going to do um, i'm glad you brought up beast man and if you're listening to this you probably know something about master universe we are not going to go with the biff angle <laughs> What's the best angle? Well, um, <laughs> so so Beast Man's uh, origin story was never really fleshed out, and so once the classics were released, they gave him a name which no one can pronounce. Oh yeah, and Ra- uh, Raquel or something like that. Yeah, uh, Ra- Ra- he was uh, drafted by the Orlando Magic in the nineties. Raquel Raquez, Raquel O'Neal out of Memphis. LSU. That's it. Um, but uh, and so one story, he was um, he was from a race of people that can control beasts and 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 things oh, of the right. other. But at one point in the original, his real name was Biff Beastman. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like he's an accountant. Exactly. He was a uh, Biff. Um, Beastman, and he was like a farmer. <laughs> you know who he was? He was a um, he was one of Erwin R. Scheister's. Um, he, he what he would do is set up a tax service out in the rural areas for tax season. Like they have those H and R blocks that just pop up in the strip malls. Oh, and it's, if you can't go all the way to the city to get IRS to do your taxes, you just go see Beth Beastman and hopefully he'll take care of you. Make sure you get to maximize that refund. And later on in life, he was um, <laughs> he formed a partnership with Sal Goldman. <laughs> oh my God! It's all, well, at least we already have the built-in spinoff, like uh, how 
Breaking Bad is going to get the Saul Goodman show, yeah. we can have uh, Biff Beastman for when this one's all done and wrapped and everybody misses it. <laughs> Better, uh, it's it's going to be called Better Bring Biff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, paging. Uh, Underscoop Fire Mate Tank, who is the king of graphics, make us a beast man. Better Bring Biff billboard. <laughs> With a phone number, a working phone number. Do not fail me. He has the uh, uh, the phone built into his whip. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. All right, so listen. Okay, got, here we go. I've got one, two, three. I got like six houses here. All right. And and they're not all coming at you right off the bat. It's just like you know, I have the the benefit of having just started binge watching Game of Thrones because if uh, I think I mentioned this on on the last Underscore Fire podcast, my Wife and kids went out of town for two whole weeks, so I was able to... I just decided, what show do I want to binge watch, because I'm going to have a lot of time on my hands. And uh, Corey convinced me to do Game of Thrones, so I'm 25 out of 40 episodes in, but a lot of them are fresh, so this is a a theme that I think is going to really influence the pop culture rescue tonight. So the first is sort of like the focus point. The main characters is the obviously the House of Randor. Mm-hmm. So and we are going to go with the Randor Prince Adam secret identity story. Well, all right. Prince Adam is the elephant in the room, the secret right. identity. How we tackle that is going to be huge as far as what way this whole project goes. Mm-hmm. And I'm I think we just need to talk it out because I don't I don't nec- I'm not in love with the idea of the secret identity. I, we could either completely scrap it or he's just named Prince Adam and everyone knows he's heir to the Randor throne, but he's also He-Man when he needs to be. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, his, he could be Prince Adam who just, you know, is, is, I don't know. What do you think? Well, we could make it the, um, the uh, Masters of the Universe act where all... <laughs> All superpowered uh, warriors have to uh, declare their secret identity. Now, <laughs> now one Civil of my War. one of my bigger issues with the uh, the comic films is the lack of secret identities. That's my favorite thing about comics. I know, but in this particular case, it doesn't work so well. Now, it my my original hope was to go with the original mini comics theme where um, Skeletor had one half of the sword and He-Man yeah. had the other side and. But, so I think for this sake, we're going to go with, everyone knows he's He-Man, um, which on one hand, it would keep people from storming the castle because they're like, well, fine. I mean, his, yeah. son, his son is He-Man, why? Yeah, right. He's the, he's the not-so-secret weapon. He's but, the muscle. He's the reason that, he's the reason the House of Randor has stability and has brought prosperity for centuries. But on the other hand, a, since we're not going to cater this to kids, enterprising villains can say, okay, well, let's start some shit over here. <laughs> Get He-Man to come there, and yeah. then we storm. Absolutely. So please continue. All right. No, that's perfect. And I, I will say this. You made an excellent point that uh, as far as the Marvel Cinematic Universe goes, they have completely done away with... I mean, Thor is not Donald Blake when he comes to Earth. Right. So they have done away with the ability to ever do a Civil War movie, which everybody's calling for. It. Like, that's supposed to be Phase 3, and they can't do it. Yeah, I mean, the first... The very first Iron Man movie. I'm yep. Iron Man. 
Right. Which <laughs> I'll say, I'm with you. I hate, I mean, you know, it's better when you've got like the, the 1989 Batman where Keaton is wrestling with revealing it and, and you get the great scene where he's mouthing, I'm Batman. Like, it should be easy. I'll just tell her. So, I mean, secret identities are huge and, and I tend to also like them. But with this picture, you know, Prince Adam sort of having that that confident attitude of a Robert Downey Jr. that's kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm He-Man. You know, like, come at me. <laughs> Bro. Yeah. So, all right. So, I, yeah, I, I think what we have in the House of Randor is King Randor with, with Queen Marlena. And we can either, as we bring characters up, give our casting wish list choices, or we can do that all in one segment. What do you think? Um, let's do it... Um, let's do it at the end. Now, okay. um, understand uh, everyone that's listening, the way that we're going to do this show is we're going to come up with whatever we're going to rescue, and we're going to spitball this live taped. Yeah. taped like a live, writer's room. Yeah, on, on air. So, and, and please, with feedback, email, no, you got it all wrong. Jaleel White should be Prince Adam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think this has potential to be a, a good um, interactive podcast where if you have a comment section, people will give their choices and their ways they would do things. Yeah. And I, and you're right. I encourage that. All right. So King Randor and Queen Marlena are obviously uh, atop the, the house of Randor. Um, Mar- Man at arms is sort of the, the, the King's hand. So in terms of game of Thrones, the, the Ned Stark character where he's sort of, uh, you know, a trusted old friend and does the right thing. And he's the sympathetic, you know, almost main character that you kind of see the whole thing through his eyes. Um, and then there's Tila, who is, it is known that she is his daughter. Well. Uh, well, and we get to this, but she's kind of the warrior. Whereas if, if He-Man did have to go handle some shit somewhere, she she's able, you know, she's, you know, a, a pretty trained, skilled warrior. She's not, you know, mythical power He-Man type. You know, in, John Cena wins every time, yeah. uh, indestructible. She's but more she, Cena. Yeah, she's very capable. All right, so what? Give me your thoughts on the uh, daughter. Is that a secret? Well, see, we have a built, we have a built-in, um, we have a built-in story because now, if we, before we put any of our personal twists into this um into this show now taylor is the adopted daughter of man at arms who is the daughter of the sorceress right so supposedly her real father is fisto yeah i read that so that means and the sorcerers, the sorcerers is... got fisted at some point. <laughs> no well, wonder she could never pre, pre uh, cybernetic fist. No wonder she can never leave Castle Grayskull. <laughs> She's on bed I think rest. this is great intrigue to unfold as we go, and there's a lot of plot points that will start out as something, and so you know. In the beginning, it's just, oh, that's his daughter. Right. But then maybe a little ways in, it's his adopted daughter. And season then even two. farther in, it's not his daughter at all. Yeah, season two, yeah. and because Festo is supposedly Man-at-Arms' older brother. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's season two. I love it. And, so, and I think I read that Fisto was the original Man-at-Arms for King Randor or something like that. 
that's um, e- that's that's even more intriguing. Right. So yeah, he um, he's the former hand. So maybe there's some storyline there of why he's not anymore, and if there was ever a, like a falling out or what sort of happened, um, how he got the fist. Um, <laughs> pr- uh, and then Clamp Champ is going to be in my mind Duncan's sort of first sergeant lieutenant type of like the hand in waiting okay. like if, if man at arms is off planet he's kind of next in command of, of the royal guard he's he's uh, training you know sort of weapon machine type of guy like man at arms he's and I think I read in his bio that that is kind of what happens he takes over when man at arms becomes a snake man clamp champ takes over oh no everyone is going to watch this um this show waiting and knowing that the snake men are gonna come the invasion that's and that's yes. gonna be like season the, three they're a hidden threat they're a big bad looming like you know i compare it to lost where we don't get ben linus until midway we don't get gus fring until midway right. through breaking bad it's a it's a looming big bad that the first two seasons you don't even know about yeah then we can get to the three towers and everything <laughs> there's whispers about and i and i and i think um and we all right i'll save this for later all right, <laughs> but he's not gonna be called clamp champ that's just <laughs> i mean he's gonna just go by his regular name which i looked up but i forgot already i think it's like rainius or something yeah and and yeah. The, the good thing about this is um uh, miraculously um we have a diversity in the cast yeah we do and that's something that we need and i was gonna uh, sort of address that with stratos too but yeah it's it's he's uh, definitely black yeah, he might whole, be Mexican though. I, I'm gonna say the whole Stratos, like Sky race, is gonna be our our black characters. See, okay, okay, I can see that. You know, and and Clamp Champ, and Zodak. Yes, definitely Zodak. Okay. So right. if we so if we need so Zodak might make even more sense. So then Stratos could be Hispanic. Like you said, yeah, that, that's a good. I like that. Yeah. All right, so I'm almost done with my House of Randor, and then you can chime in too uh ram man has got to be a resident definitely um we said fisto i think Roboto is is tooling around the uh palace he's sort of a maybe man in arms built him yeah maybe we could show him in like the background in season one like halfway done and you just see him every Ooh. now and then that we're in man in arms lab and just wonder what the hell is and like and people will come in like what do you? What is that? And he's like, uh, yeah. something I'm working on. And then somewhere around season two, season three, when they get in trouble, he's hitting a switch on his um on his yes. on his quarterback uh, play calling wristband that he has. <laughs> yes, that's that's fantastic. And they, and you know you can always have the app where he goes wrong and the good guys have to fight him and he just needs a re- little recalibration. Yeah, he needs the um, new <laughs> iOS. <laughs> I need to update. Yeah, definitely. I'm all about that. <laughs> and then the other, now this is where I take a little bit of a left turn. So if you have, if you have any other sort of uh, expected House of Randor type people, you can toss them in here. But I, I, uh, I think that initially, uh, and this is what's great about it being a show and not a movie where you have to throw too much in at once, uh, Cronus is a, a weapons master type of uh, you know a little strategist and he's good with the with the, the machines and the weapons and he is a uh, employee you know he's a, a helper to man at arms so you're talking an already embedded known hill turn 
big time heel turn and what it what it would be he would be a sympathetic character he'd sort of have like a tragic story where uh he's like a you know tragic figure where we we come to like him and he's sort of like a main character and then what happens is in a battle his jaw and and arm are basically decimated and he is left by accident but he perceives it on purpose so a bit of an Anakin Emperor type thing where then Camp Keldor who is Skeletor takes him in repairs him and he becomes Trapjaw so does this mean we're going with the Keldor is the brother of Randor storyline we are and I you know we can talk about it but I had thoughts of maybe Keldor being yes actually yeah yeah he because I think that's that's canon right that he's Skeletor's He-Man's uncle well it is not necessary and and depending on what you read now sometimes they'll say he's just from another dimension and he came in and and his whole source the reason why he wanted to get the power of Grayskull is so that he could bring his other people back and they could take over Eternia, but you do have that oh, whole Keldor brother me? thing. So, I mean, I think for the sake of a good show and good storytelling, we can go with that because that'll be a story that we don't have to reveal until season five. I like that. And something I read that I liked and think we could incorporate is that he is he is the brother of Randor and he is a, he was at one point, you know, a, some sort of a you know mostly noble man but he's a he is what they call a gar which is like the blue skinned sort of like not mutation but just the way that he almost like how uh Tyrion Peter Dinklage is on Game of Thrones like he's a Lannister but he's a dwarf he was just born that way and it's he's he's part of the family but that's just his look and uh that's kind of what I read is that he's a, a normal you know, member of the family just happens to have blue skin. So that means we then end season one, end of season one, beginning of season two, we have a flashback with the whole Acid and Hordak. But then we don't see Hordak again. Yeah, in my yeah, in my in my uh, notes here, Hordak is is in exile and he's sort of a looming. Maybe not even till end of season one or two. <laughs> now, here, now here's the million dollar question, because this could make or break the show depending on on how it how it happens. Shira, no. Okay. Do we or do we not Orko? Oh yeah, I I have him as a sort of off planet mage, like a Yoda type that only if absolutely necessary maybe to pay fan service like here he exists <laughs> but he but he is not going to be floating alongside our main characters fucking shit up i hope we're going with the explicit tag on this podcast we we we, we almost have to <laughs> he could be beeping beep up if so, you censor that's it now now so here's the other thing um we have we have it known that he's he man Right. If, if it's known that he's He-Man and he's Prince Adam, does that negate our biggest selling point of the show, the transformation scene? I think he could still transform. He just doesn't need to run into a back alley. <laughs> <laughs> and always look to the right. <laughs> yes. 
And I would prefer if he doesn't punch the viewers through the screen in the beginning too. That's I so think, offensive. I think for I think for the very first episode he has to punch us. All right, that's fine. <laughs> oh, you know what? Maybe this would be great. Is uh, it's just like a, it opens with him, and uh, he, you just see from from the viewer's perspective he punches through glass like at you, and then it turns out he was like killing a bug on a mirror or something. <laughs> Just almost like a fan service of there's the scene. Perfect. <laughs> he, he's practicing his line in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm he, he's doing the Keaton. I'm He-Man. I am He-Man. By the, by the power of Grayskull. I'm He-Man. <laughs> <laughs> now, because we have the whole thing with, uh, with Cringer. Do we, do, do we have Cringer? I don't know. You know, I think it depends. See, for the cartoon... It was very 80s and very kid-friendly to have it be, a, a, you know, a little scaredy cat that kind of went along on the adventure. But to me, I almost just think he's always Battle Cat. And he's just, I have it. He doesn't talk. I have it. Also, oh, he doesn't talk. I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Well, I think this. I think he's always a ferocious tiger that somehow he's only really nice to He-Man Adam. Oh, okay. So, so even Ooh, like even that. House of Randor is like I really feel uncomfortable with <laughs> with this with this cat around. Yeah. And yeah. at one just one episode, Evil Lynn casts a spell and makes him a coward. Ooh, I love that. I love that. And and uh, I'm picturing the way that you described how he normally is around the the palace is sort of like a Chewbacca. Where Han Solo is—he's cool with Han, but he's—he's kind of punchy around anybody else. Right. And they're like, "Hey, you know, get your get your buddy in line there." (laughs) Yes, I love that. And yeah, and the evil in evil in thing would be another great thing because he could he could be cringor just that cringer just that once. Yeah, I like it. Nice cringor, by the way. What the hell's that? I think that's a variant. Um, <laughs> that, that is Grindor. when he's yellow with green stripes. <laughs> yeah, and he has the a, reverse cringer. Yeah, he has cattle a, cattle bat. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I, you know, we kind of have talked a little bit about Skeletor being Keldor, and and so the how uh, you know doesn't necessarily be the house of Keldor, but almost like you know the sort of Snake Mountain house would be. Uh, pretty small, at, at least up up to at this point. I would I only have him. I have Beast Man as not remotely a bumbling henchman, no, but absolutely. more of like a strategist, and you know, really sort of like almost like Destro to his Cobra Commander, where you know they almost they both take part in plotting, and it's not just the you know the, the idiot muscle. You see, and, I was thinking more of Zartan. Where he would be out in the swamps with animals that he can control, and Skeletor's like, "Come on!" And he's like, "Yeah," you know. And and, and Skeletor goes to him, and he has dragons and stuff. Just, you know, Ooh, nice. So maybe. Yeah, yeah, All right. Yeah. So I like that. And and to me, so right off the bat, I've got you know those guys. You know, Trapjaw is not Trapjaw yet. Right. And then I've got Triclops right away. I love Triclops. Yeah, he's right away. He's there, and he's kind of the muscle. Like if we, to me, if we were gonna do the inevitable and cast a pro wrestler as one of these guys, that's the guy. He's sort of like the just the no no nonsense, not a lot of dialogue, just the, the brute muscle guy. Okay, okay, okay. So you have, so uh, we have to have Evil Lynn, correct? 
Yeah, definitely. She's actually the the head of her own house in my uh, my plans here. Oh. And I've got that's why I've got a relatively small Skeletor camp because a lot of the action of the first season is him sort of you know corralling or, or recruiting or bringing together these these factions because merman has his own so i've got merman off on his own as sort of the ocean warlord who is trying to raise an army because he also is vying to be master of the universe which we haven't even talked about that yet the whole plot point uh-huh. he is looking for an army and he ends up striking a deal with uh a, ra- a seafaring race, a crustacean race called the Caraconi, led by Clawful, and and so Merman gets his army, and you know eventually that could become part of the, the House of Skeletor as they lay siege on Castle Grayskull. Because in my mind, this whole thing is to try to sit at the throne of Castle Grayskull because then you are the master of the universe. And we can decide if that's going to be, you've got to unite two swords, or you just need to get in the cat, you know, to, to me, I think it's probably like, we know right away He-Man has one power sword, there's another one somewhere, and whoever gets it, then just needs the other one, and then they gain entry, and then they sit on the throne, and they're the master of the universe. Hmm, so, so you have your heroic Randor house, and... He-Man has one part. Nobody has the other part. They have to find it. And That's so, what I was thinking. And so while each faction is doing things to find it, He-Man is fighting them. I like it. I like it. All right. So, so for the for the Keldor House, you you only have hope. Yeah. Right now, I, at least to start, I have I have Skeletor, Beastman, and Triclops. What about? And, um, what about Jitsu? Well, I have Jitsu in Evelyn's camp, which is kind of, she's a mystic, and she's really almost as powerful as anybody. And she's got, her love interest is Count Marzo, who is also a master of the dark arts. And she's got, listen to this squad she has, and I'll tell you, each one has a, a backstory of why they're with her okay. to start. Now they can all kind of splinter off, or they can. Some can have face turns, or, or, <laughs> or some can go over whatever. But I've got, you know, basically she um, was married, and we don't necessarily know to who, and that could be revealed at some point if we need to work it in. But she was married and found her husband having an affair with Manny Faces. <laughs> Now, now listen, oh, okay. this might be influenced by the Game of Thrones and all the uh, the man-on-man action you get on that show. Okay. But, he, so he was an actor, Manny Faces, and mm-hmm. that's in the canon too. And she found him with her husband, so she kills her husband and she curses Manny Faces to the three. He was just a man and now he's got the robot and the, and the monster side. Okay, I so like she, that cursed him and he's also now loyal to her probably over some sort of mystic mind control because when she finds out that he cheated she says okay you're just a man but you have no soul robot and you're a monster monster done they all they all have reasons then jitsu uh was caught touching someone he shouldn't have been i'm chris hansen with dateline nbc and he gets cursed with the golden karate hand (laughs) 
Mechanek was a peeping Tom who was up on a ladder, and she, and she curses him with the with the neck. Stinkor was caught stealing expensive exotic perfumes from the market, and she curses him to stink. <laughs> and then Snout Spout, I don't know what the hell he did, but she gives him that big metal head, like a almost like a Destro, you know, a man behind the iron mask type of thing. He's or, just uh, cursed um, to wear that. Or uh, who was that? Uh... He was Vader's, a Vader's helmet. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 oh, she caught him. And I mean, this is adult themes. Bear with me. She caught him uh, like a little bestiality situation where he's out there uh, porking the the elephant at the zoo. She just calls it. She decides. So all these kind of almost like freaks where, you know, you'd have trouble reconciling them if they were just walking around the Eternian Palace. Like, oh, hey, hey, Mechanek. Like, what the fuck are you? Right. He's He is now... All these kind of like motley. So crew. she's uh, um, Luna with the oddities. <laughs> she exactly. And the other one I had with her is Too Bad, who was originally two separate people, but they wronged her somehow. They were pulling a, a long con on her, and she merged them together, and now they got to share a body. These are great flashbacks. Yeah, exactly. They're like one-offs. Like, it, you know what? If you have like a 10 or 12 episode season, you get a couple in, then you're like, oh, dude, did you see the Too Bad app? And it's almost like, the, you know, 40 minutes of it is dedicated to that story of how he became him. Dude, yeah. that's or, amazing. That or you have a real reason to get the box set of the seasons. <laughs> what a good looking box set it would be, too. All right, so so the only, the only one I would put with with the um, Skeletor then is Webstore. Yeah, you know what? I have Webstore as a, uh, almost like in in the first episode, you see Tila in, like sort of in a battle situation and she's been overpowered by the, like Spidor people. It's like Webstore is almost like the leader of like a wildlings group that is like she stumbled into and they're they don't have a house they're not you know in it for power they're just nasty creatures and she's sort of in the in the in the shit with them and she gets rescued by buzz off who is with like his b people like another he and then buzz off is a sort of friend to the house of randor and they the bees fight off the spiders in like a massive battle scene and then they go like she invites him back to the palace and they thank him with a big feast and like so buzz off <laughs> a buzz big off charm honey yeah he's kind of like a he's an ally but he's not necessarily like in the he's not in every episode he just kind of makes that save and you know he's out there right but yeah that's like like uh web store spike or those kind of guys they could be with skeletor if we want to give them more people right off the bat now are we going to do a f- now are we going to include king grayskull are we going to do flashbacks to the pre he, yeah okay so to me king grayskull is um he was like the original like it all kind of started he, there was like you know centuries upon centuries of peace and prosperity and he was the king and the basically the master of the universe and then when he died and this can be stuff that gets revealed down the road of how he died and you know maybe it was hordak and then he got sent into exile and you know he's an ageless one type of thing but yeah like generations ago king grayskull was there and he-man is somehow like a descendant of his and king grayskull had a council 
like a, we'll call it the Council of Elders or something. Of course, of course. And he, and on that was Zodak. Yeah, he's the last one that still has his form because everyone else are spirits inside Grayskull. Right, and also I say on that council that is long since disbanded and Zodak is is gone, he's out there, but he's, we don't know what his status is. Mm -hmm. There was also a corporal hiss on that council who can later be King Hiss if the snake, if the snake men come into uh, the fold. Yes, because supposedly, and this depends on how we want to do this, supposedly Snake Mountain was built by the Snake Men. Right. Yeah, and then they're like imprisoned under it or something. Or Yeah, Yeah, they were so, exiled or they were dormant or something. And yeah. so, so we have that. Okay, so all right, so I've okay, so we got the House of Randor, the House of Skeletor. We got the mer the merman and his army of crustaceans. We have the Mystics, Evelyn and her uh, band of freaks, and then Zodak is out there. Then I have the House of Stratos, which is sort of another ally to Randor, but but they would like the throne for themselves. Ah. And so it's sort of almost like he would be King Stratos, but he's not the king. It's just a sort of family or a race that's it um so we're gonna are we gonna show the city of evian we could yeah absolutely and then we could have and they don't need to be there all the time it just could be like a couple you know it could be they just are out there and i thought we could incorporate and i don't want to get into the space the new adventures and all that no, garbage we, we but, will not touch those no things. but we could have somebody and he either could be named icarius or he couldn't but it could be somebody who's almost like a han solo type space ace that lives with them for some reason who is almost like a hand to stratos like his sort of first mate lieutenant type of guy and it just gives another so so when you're having scenes with them it's not just a thousand stratos looking guys you know what i mean it's got a little bit of uh, sky uh, diversity a bunch of uh, hispanics with ski goggles on Which Hispanics with gray chin straps? Yes. Uh. Now, now we 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 we, <laughs> we have two we have two characters we have not placed. Mossman. Yes. To me, Mossman is a urban legend. Who he's revealed later on to exist and be sort of a like an ageless. He was an ally of King Grayskull, who also went into hiding. But he can—he could reveal a lot of plot points, or he could be responsible for a lot of moving the plot along on stuff that we'd have no way uh, otherwise of knowing. But yeah, he's sort of—I think he should be sort of like a, um, you know, like a. Oh, have you heard of the Moss Man? Oh no, he, nobody. No, he doesn't exist, or nobody's ever seen him, or. Yeah, I like that. And he, he kidnaps people. People, <laughs> people just go missing, and, and, and we see someone just walking, and they just disappear. They fall through some moss, <laughs> or they, they get caught up. Now, what about uh, Rio Blast? Do Ooh. we Rio Blast? Do we, do, we, do, we, do we already cast Tom Selleck? Is that what we do? <laughs> we could have him if you want. I, not, not The only other faction I have or house I have is, is the Horde and that is doesn't have to be right off the bat it can either be like Hordak is a looming like we said a, a big bad that comes down the road or or they could just sort of be in existence now but without their leader because he's in exile or he's missing 
and and that would you know that you'd have all the Grizzlore and Mantena and Leech and Shadow Weaver and all them. And I, I thought if we do have them, or eventually when we do have them, that Modulok would be almost like a Rancor-type character that's like a creature that they just throw people to, and it's like he's got a million arms and legs, and it's like, no, not the Modulok, and he has a keeper, and like that kind of thing. Why don't we do, why don't we treat Hordak and the Horde like Lost in the second half of the sh- uh, plane? The back of the plane? I love yeah. it. Perfect. So, so you tune yeah. in and you're like, well, who are these people? What, what, what's going on here? I think, and this is something they did in the, the, the recent, the DC Comics version of He-Man, which I, I picked up a few issues of. Mm-hmm. They had Adora as a member of the Horde because she was sort of brainwashed or just she brought up. She was kidnapped. Up. Yeah, she was yeah. kidnapped as a baby by Hordak and then brought up. And so she's almost like his first lieutenant, like leader of the Horde troopers, and has like a Susan Powder look. She's all <laughs> buzz cutted and like a badass. And it takes some convincing, like, no, you are the sister of, of He-Man. So, you know, we could take a page from that. She could be the it, sitting in as the leader of the Horde if Hordak is missing. Or we could have her not on at all until later seasons or, or what but I think we should I think Adora is a big chip that we don't deploy right away as She-Ra right <clears throat> so that means we will keep her in her own universe yeah that's fine so maybe at some point um, when we do the um, the back half of the plane you have Hordak and he's still pissed because the only reason why he's there is because Skeletor turned on him Yes. He comes up with a way to pull Skeletor there. But it happens to be during a fight with He-Man. So then they end up over there where you can flesh out these characters some more. He ends up fighting against Skeletor and the Horde. And then he sees Adora. And then maybe some kind of villains. I don't know. And then... He starts to realize, or some some the sorceress comes up and says, "Nah, don't do that," or something. But it's just a cliffhanger. Yes. And then they, they end up back where they back on Eternia, and they're wondering what the hell, where were they, and what's going on, and we don't see them again for, you know, episodes or another season. I love it. That's perfect. And uh, and I think we also also I mean I know we said that. King, that uh, He-Man is sort of a descendant of King Grayskull, and King Grayskull is the last true master of the universe that sat on the on the throne in, in Castle Grayskull. But I think the mystery of, I think the identity of He-Man's father should remain a mystery. I like it. And and then that way, it, there's you know there's a lot going on, and that's that's the great thing about again to. to base a little bit of this inspired by Game of Thrones is, you know, in the beginning, you don't know, you know who is whose father and who is not, and like, you know, it's, that stuff can unfold. Yeah, and we could, um, we could introduce Hero. <laughs> Do we? Uh, we could. Hero and, and Wondar and all that? I don't even know. No, my that. thing is this. Now, Wondar has to be an inside joke when they're at the palace eating and and Adam is just killing some bread 
And then they're just like, we're going to start calling you One Dar. And, and he just looks into the screen and winks with the, uh, with the Prince Adam wink from yeah. the cartoon. He just listens to them. <laughs> and now we'll post some, I think we'll probably both, uh, and, and you know, again, we'll do some work on how we visually present some of this stuff and, and how we link to this new uh, podcast. But I know that I've got some things to share, some images like in looking around, like what our He-Man kind of would look like. It's not the bowl cut cartoony. Um, not you know, um, super Dutch boy power. Right. And uh, some other things like that, like the visual type of look to it. Um, but yeah, that that would be hilarious. I'm all about the in-jokes and the, and the fan service like the Cringer episode and that, you know, or moment. And I think another thing we should do is, in the first episode, kill a relatively recognizable character so it ups the stakes and shows that anything can happen. Like Whiplash. Like somebody who you know from the cartoon, but that is kind of expendable to us. Um, you know, I wouldn't... Yeah, <laughs> somebody that you know, like, you know, to me it was initially going to be like Mechanek, but then I was like, no, no, he's going to be part of uh, either the oddities. Of the, the oddities. So, but yeah, like a whiplash or an, like, somebody that you, you know, that people know. So you see him and there's, you know, some kind of scene and you think, okay, he's going to be a character on the show. And then he gets killed and you're like, whoa, so that's how this is going to be like 24 where nobody is safe. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I like it. All right, so, so let, yeah. let's, let's do this. Let's take a break, and then when we come back, we'll um, we'll do some casting and any other kind of fan service and flesh out um, um, any other parts of the story. I love it. From the powers bestowed upon me by the third post, deep in the trenches of Atlanta where they learn most. You never heard before, flow this extraordinary. And if the burners blow, foes is in the mortuary. Either prevent the destruction of this rap music Find a blank spot on my wall and put a plaque to it I'm in a class all by myself, nobody's messing with me Feel free to ask about my wealth, I got the weapons with me So come and get me, I'm here, keep a semi-automatic near No need to fear, I wipe out your windshield till you see me clear I ruin careers, so hide away your tears No shook ones here until you look inside the mirror Rap in the second gear, stood up and I volunteered. Now the industry screaming, but can you hear? The ladies just tear, sometimes that lipstick will smear. Cause in my line of work, this He-Man needs a shield. I've been appointed straight from the power of grace, Lord. Believe the master of the universe gets great, Lord. I'm so ferocious, chopping heads off with my battle axe. Got many faces, give them whiplash when I battle cats. A diabolical technology like Skeletor. But trained in the art of throwing you through the cellar door. I'm checking off my enemies until I get some more. With powerful beams that disperse from my looter crystal ball. Now you can imagine all the power in the universe. The Masters of the Universe collection. 23 pieces, each sold separately. There's He-Man and these heroic action figures. Skeletor and the Warriors of Evil. And four fighting creatures. Castle Grayskull, Point Dread and the Talon Fighter. You put them together. And battle machines like the Attack Track. Batteries not included. What would you do with all the power in the universe? Oh. He-Man, Skeletor, and all other items from the Masters of the Universe collection. Each sold separately. From the Talon. Welcome back to the show. This is the... Uh... 
Pop Culture Rescue. It's me, me, Eclectic. It's, it's Howie. Say hi, Howie. Hi, Howie. Thank you. Um, and uh, we're, we're, we're rescuing Mo uh, Masters of the Universe and Motivu. It's, it's basically uh, Masters meets Game of Thrones, but way better. Way better. And, uh, but we, we have to do casting. And, and Tell me you, after that first half of the show that you're not dying to see what's made. Listen, I'm, I'm sure we got, someone's going to start a Kickstarter and just point to this podcast and say, this is what needs to happen. Gotta, gotta get it done. All right, I'm ready. To, I'm ready to cast it. Yeah. So when, every time we rescue a, uh, a, a '80s property or '90s property like this, we we're always gonna we're, we're gonna cast it. So, who do you have for He-Man? All right. So, I'll give you a little context of why. But I I thought along the lines of if this was realistically an hour drama on pay cable. Um, not a big budget movie and not a cheesy like a CW, you know, tweeny soap opera thing. I, I that's how I cast it. Right. Me so too. I went with Josh Holloway. Ah, uh, TV Moss Sawyer. Sawyer. Yeah, because he he kind of you know he he has the the dirty blonde longer hair that can be used and he's got that sort of um, roguish you know almost like he won't be the cookie cutter Boy Scout. He'll be kind of almost like a. Uh, I've already used Han Solo as a comp here, but almost like a sort of, uh, you know, we said it. If he, if our He-Man, if our Prince Adam is going to be the Tony Stark type of, I'm He-Man, come at me, bro, that kind of thing. That mm -hmm. then that's who we want. We want somebody that's, you know, got that confidence, that swagger, if you will. Okay. Who I, you have? I have Thor's brother. Yeah, Liam. I have Liam Hemsworth. I was trying to find a place for him because I want him involved in this project. <laughs> well, see, because the, we want him in there. We got to find a place for him. Yeah, well, no, I, he's good. He, he has kind of the look, and if we're gonna if we're gonna do Adam and He Man, he can do yeah. both. No, I like that. I and, like that. And, um, and I say I say this. I say what we do is um, get the uh, we'll put out the casting call, and uh, however that's done. And uh, we'll say that this is the type, like we just say, um, we want this type of, uh, you know, we have our wish list and they, uh, then they, uh, the agents send us the uh, people. How's that work? Yeah. Is that how it works? Yeah, we, we, want, <laughs> we want this type. And then we'll just sit in our uh, director's chairs and uh, stroke our chins. Yeah. And, and the casting, Tila and Shira will be especially fun. Yes. Uh, we'll make sure we have a bowl of ice cubes. So, <laughs> hashtag showgirls. So... Speaking of which, and you just hashtag showgirls, by the way. I did. That's a deep cut. <laughs> hashtag, of, I'm so excited. <laughs> I was gonna say, speaking of Elizabeth Berkeley for <laughs> Tila. Well, speaking of what you brought up and that for Tila, I have TV's Evangeline Lily. Oh, look at you. Well, if we go, if we go Lily there then we have to go hemsworth because uh, holloway lily would be we awkward. can't have kate and so no yeah. it's just <laughs> it's just hey if you like lost you'll love he-man <laughs> <laughs> um it, and shit we have you know so far we went into this saying we're gonna draw a lot of inspiration from game of thrones but we talked about ben linus we talked about the back half of the plane this is lost in eternia 
Um, that is the no. name of episode two. I love that pick. Um, she is a perfect. She's got that warrior. You know, like you know, she could be the the warrior Tila. Um, and I like your pick even better than mine. I had Amanda Rigetti, who is on The Mentalist, and she kind of has that like reddish brown hair. Where sometimes you see Tila mm-hmm. in some canon, she has like the red hair. Um, so I thought she has kind of a good look for that, but I think I think physically overall, uh, Kate is a better Kate Austin is a better pick here. Yeah, now that Amanda Rigetti is a looker. Yeah, she's aight. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah, who do you want next? Uh, Man at Arms. Man at Arms. I to go back to the Game of Thrones thing. I think this guy would bring some real sort of uh, like a fatherly feel. I went with Sean Bean. Of uh, who played Ed Stark? Uh, yeah, Ned Stark, who um, was only on the first season of Game of Thrones, and then he is on a new oh, I know show on I don't know TNT or Fox or something. He's got a new show, and he was in the Lord of the Rings isn't movies. He, um, isn't he on the uh, on Legends? He's on Legends. Is that it? Yeah, that's it's, new. Yeah, it's uh, two episodes in. It's not that bad. Yeah, so that's a guy who you know put a mustache on him, and I think he's got the right look. He's fifty-five. So he's got the you know age to be the father of a of Artila. Okay. Now see, I had I couldn't pick between two. Um, the first one I had was Ted Levine. Ted Levine. Is there two D's in that? No, it's it's only <laughs> it's, it's only it's only one. I'm just stalling as I uh, Google. Oh, was he on Monk? Yeah. Yeah, mustache. Good yeah, luck. He he was the uh, the the, the cop on monk. And my second my second one is movies J. Jonah Jameson. JK oh, Simmons. Yeah. If we could get him involved in any way, that's our comic relief. Exactly. Because he's great in uh, at pretty much everything you ever you ever see him in. Juno, Party Down. Yeah, I saw Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man. Spider-Man, Beastman. All right. Uh, All right. Where are we going next? Uh, your, your pick. Um, let's cast Stratos. Stratos. And is he, have we decided if he is going to be a Hispanic character, uh, 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 race that <laughs> very closely resembles Earth's Hispanic, uh, culture, I would think Benjamin Bratt would be a good, uh, a good look because he's sort of got that we don't want somebody too young here because this is a guy who's supposed to be originally on cast King Grayskull's Council of Elders but you know but we don't want to go like Danny Trejo the guy doesn't need to be 60 <laughs> or Edward James almost <laughs> you know and I don't want to skew comedy and go uh, Leguizamo or, or you know and I don't want to if this was the CW's Master of the Universe we could get Freddie Prince. Oh, but, definitely. You know, this is not um, this is not uh, Masters Universe CW style tween show. Now, do you think we could get Andy Garcia? Ah, uh, you know, he'd be a he'd be a, a a good get, and he would work with the whole wise council type of thing. Um, you got him. You got uh, Mark Consuelos, <laughs> Mr. Ripper. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? Consuelos is a good sort of uh, if Benjamin Bratt has got another project. Or 
I got it. Jimmy Smith. Done. Done deal. That's right in the middle. Perfect. <laughs> That's it. And, and you know what I'm, I'm, I'm looking at is people who are actors who are realizing that the geek nerd properties are the way to go, that mm. they're building their nerd cred. Like you've got the certain performers that have been in like, you know, a, com- the, a comic book movie or a, a Transformers type of thing. So yeah, that's somebody who would be like, oh, I've been in Star Wars, so now let me be in Master Universe and become a 80 children of the 80s darling. Exactly. You know how much his autograph will go for at um. Exactly. At PowerCon. You set yourself up for con appearances for life when you get cast in these things. Exactly. Done. Um, before we decided to make um him uh Hispanic, I went with Makad Brooks for Stratos okay. as a black guy, but. Um, Ram Man. You'll never guess who I have for Ram Man. I need to know because I don't have him cast, but I'm going to guess the big show. You are so close. (laughs) Who? Ryback. (laughs) (laughs) The big guy. I love it. That's actually perfect. Now, and I said it in the first half of the show, is there would be the inevitable casting of a WWE wrestler because anytime I mean you can't anytime it's a Hercules movie or a Marvel character that's jacked or any you know it's always like what wrestler are we gonna get um you know and for a while everybody wanted to cast Triple H as everything he would make a great Triclops yeah you know there's a lot of sites out there that do uh casting of Triclops as Triple H it's uncanny how many i've seen or uh maybe edge yeah i have edge later on okay. but he's not triclops uh, that, i think uh who do i have is, it, it is i don't i didn't have triclops so me neither <laughs> <laughs> i think he's a guy who we just pull you know almost like um there's a character on game of thrones called the called mountain where it's just like a guy like a european strongman who just we just need a, a guy who's just you know, big time. Oh, other question here. Mm-hmm. And stop me if one of your later casting choices is going to go this direction. But are we doing any uh, stunt casting to get headlines like, you know, how, you know, they made uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man or they made Thor a girl? Are we going to have like a girl merman or some shit? Mer-girl? <laughs> Merg. <laughs> Mer-lady? <laughs> You know, uh, like a, a girl, uh, you know what I'm saying? Are we going to have like a... Uh, I don't know if we're going to make um, Adele trap jaw. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Because I don't have any of that. No. I thought for a second, I was like, ooh, we could make a Zodak a female. I'm like, oh, that's called the sorceress, asshole. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, I didn't find. I didn't feel the need to try to outthink the room and get cute here. No, I mean there there are opportunities for being incredibly uh, outlandish. Um, uh, you could have um, uh, Don Wells, TV's Marianne from the from from Gilligan's Island as Jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> Who's hotter, Ginger or Jitsu? Hmm. That's timeless. That's the the age old question: Ginger or Jitsu? Hashtag, if you're listening to this and you're having a good time and you think it's funny and you don't want to just try to remember all the jokes and try to comment, just hashtag ginger or jitsu. 
Yes. And we'll, we'll let's get that trend. Yeah, please. Um, just as a throwaway, yeah, I, I had uh, Jack McBriar as Orko. That's a good, uh, good voice. Yeah, for that. I had the voice. Um, now my favorite. This was this was my favorite. Now, did you cast Manny Faces? Uh, no, I didn't. Good, I did. Now we got we got Manny Faces that has the actor, the robot, and the monster. Oh my god, Bill Hader. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> you can't get any better than that. You can't, especially if he's in Evelyn's oddities. Because they don't all need to be... That's the other thing, is all of our Masters of the Universe characters aren't going to be jacked, cut from the same mold, the same exact uh, sculpt. Yeah, and they're all not going to look like they're about to get off a horse. Right, yeah, and they're all not going to be swole. So, so yeah, uh, Hater would be great, because man, you know, Manny Faces just has to have all the mechanic, and that would all be a part of the sort of curse she put on or like the what you know she sentenced him to having this big damn contraption on his head and all the hoses and stuff and, and can you picture him spinning from head to head with the ah, different voices yes that's amazing that is so good hater and you know he needs the work right now <laughs> yeah um who because I don't have anybody, and I thought I was positive you'd have a good one for this one. Did you cast Evelyn? Evelyn, yes, I cast Olivia Munn. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, because she almost had that sarcastic, like, like cross me and see, and this is what happens. Yeah, and she still like, has the exotic look too. She does, and 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 our Evelyn would have to have a real dark sense of humor to have done that to all of the people in her group. Exactly. That is fantastic. I love. Oh, and the nerd thing. She's way into. She would definitely be into that. She oh, was all the cons. She, the outfit. She would wear the outfit. Oh yes. Yeah. Done. All right. Um, I'm gonna go to um, one that I did have ca- cast, and I did sort of tease earlier for Trap Jaw. That's where I have Edge, or Adam Copeland now. Hmm. And he, he's actually established himself as a pretty decent actor on whatever Haven or whatever that sci-fi show is. He, uh, he's not bad. And, he, and, you know, the problem is with casting an active wrestler is their schedule. I mean, they're on the road all the time. So, like, a Ryback would be good because they could pull him from TV for a few weeks and you wouldn't notice. Yeah. And Ram Man's not a character that's got to be in every app. But if Trapjaw is going to be sort of a main character that has a big heel turn and sort of is a tragic figure that we relate to, I think he could pull it off pretty good. I like that. I, I like that pick. I had um, Hayden Thomas Church. Ooh, that could work as, too. Uh, Trapjaw. I, I, yeah. But I like both. I like both. I could see that for sure. Um, who else? I got. Um, um, let's see. I got a couple of uh, elder elder states women. I got um, Fisto. I, I, oh, good. Yeah, what's I your cast name? I cast Fisto. I, I don't have Fisto. I don't know if you uh, if if you're a fan of uh, Mad Men. A little bit. But um, J.R. Ferguson is, is is who I have as um. Is who I have as as. I think he would do a great job as. Oh yeah. He's, uh, he, he's uh, Stan Rizzo, and he, he has the beard. 
Yeah. He has the beard and he has the um, acting chops. Definitely. I can see that. I like that pick. Um, what, what do you have? You, you got Elder Statesman? What do you, what do you uh, yeah. States Elder States, States ladies here. I have um, Queen Marlena as uh, either Connie Britton or Gillian Anderson. I think each of those have done the hour drama. Each of those have done, well, Gillian Anderson has done the sort of nerd sci-fi in the X-Files. But they both have that sort of, uh, you know, they're both like the, the, the pretty redhead that just has kind of like a distinguished, uh, you know, they need, to be, they need to be able to command uh, a, a room. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but they don't have to, we don't need them to go crazy. We just need them to be sort of um, classy and and uh, succinct. I can appreciate that. I just went on uh, fan boner for uh, Susan Sarandon. <laughs> fan boner. Yeah. I just. I like that. I've it always had. A, I've always had a, a thing for Susan Sarandon. So. Absolutely. Can't go wrong there. I don't have King Randor. I feel like that's that's pretty easily cast as somebody that just. I don't know. Um. <laughs> well. I, for uh, Kenny Randor, I went with a guy who's um, who's back in, in on TV or, or Netflix um, due to uh, House of House of Cards. Uh, Gerald McRaney. Oh, I was just gonna say as soon as you said House of Cards, I knew you were going with uh, Raymond Tusk. Uh, Major Dad. That's fantastic. That's <laughs> Kenny Randor. I could see that. Yeah, that's the thing. That works. Um, I'm, I'm sure everyone's listening is going to have better picks than you and I. So. No, that's what I love. Yeah, absolutely. Hit the comments or uh, Twitter. or I mean, at this point, we probably should have figured out if we're going to have a at pop culture reboot, but we could try. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and hashtag uh, pop culture reboot. Oh, no. And, uh, and hashtag ginger or jitsu. Rescue. <laughs> so... Pop culture rescue, yeah. Oops. Um, we could also get uh, the Burger King king, King Randor. Yes, and his uh, his second in command, Mayor McCheese. I love it. Done. Uh, we up until now we could have gotten Kevin Sorbo, but he showed his ass on social media recently. No, we would have to uh, cast um, Dolph Lundgren as uh, King Grayskull, of course. I heard. Yeah, I kind of feel like that's a, a proper thing. Although he, I think, is pretty done with the. Uh, franchise but if we're doing it right you will have no choice now what do you have of course what do you have for Skeletor alright for Skeletor I have um, a guy who is A uh, no stranger to the hour long cable uh, drama and it was the last one he was on was a horrific failure so he's looking for work Uh, it wasn't his fault though that it was that bad and he was in a movie where he played a villain, an iconic nerd villain that was also the lone bright spot in a panned uh, feature film. That would be Sinestro of Low Winter Sun fame. Oh, the greatest Mark show Strong. <laughs> yeah. So he, he's, he's, he's obviously down with the hour-long drama, and uh, he was a great Sinestro, and I think he'd be a good, good Keldor slash Skeletor. Not bad. Hmm. And it's somebody that you can kind of keep under 
contract. You know, you don't want to stunt cast and have it be somebody who, after a year, they're like, well, that was cool, I'm out of here. And you're like, no, we can't recast Skeletor because he could, he's probably our sort of main character in a lot of ways. I was going with another villain from a, quote, comic property, um, if you've watched Smallville. Yeah? John Glover. Oh, who yeah. played Lionel Luther. I love that. I think that um, that he would be uh, uh, pretty pretty good. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, There's a... If you if you Google image him, the fourth one over is like freaking perfect. Really? Yeah. <laughs> He's a good Skeletor. And, I, yeah. he has, and he has a, a decent enough voice to, to, to pull it off. My first instinct was... Um, Willem. Who? Willem Dafoe. Oh, yeah, you need the voice. Yeah. You're right, you're right. Um, and I like John Glover's voice a little better than... Well, you know what, though? Mark Strong, I will I will say, and Glover would be able to do this, too. Like, Skeletor almost has that kind of, like, old British, like, uh, yeah. accent. He has the um, be... Madonna after she sold a million records. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um... Somebody I've been trying to get in, and maybe I don't know if he's somebody who we could just cast as like a maybe he was on the I don't know. He's too old to be even King Randor, but John Noble, who was Walter Bishop, I really want to get him involved here somehow. I want Walter Bishop in here, and I don't know if it's just somebody who is in ends up being in one app. Or he could he could be one of the elders whose spirit is yeah. in uh, Grayskull. Yeah, you know, just I think I want him attached to the project. Yeah. Or maybe he's um someone who taught um, Evil Lynn her magic. Ooh, I like that. Oh yeah, it could be the husband that she killed or something. Or he could be Fearless Photog. Or he could be uh, Rio Blast. Nah, no, nah, we're saving him for that's that's, the, that's some stunt casting for halfway through when we're, sweeps week. Yes, <laughs> that has to be Tom Selleck. Um, <laughs> what do you have for Beast Man? Um, all right, so we talked a little bit off air about Beast Man and Merman. At least for me, are characters that if we're, I, I'd rather put our budget towards good good uh, CGI and 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 uh, cat and the salaries of the other cast members so if it's somebody who's going to be covered up i mean like ron perlman when he was the beast i like that that's cool but you know what he's a star of freaking sons of anarchy so he's not going to come be uh you know a non you know a uh supporting character in this show and then we'd have to pay him a ton so i just kind of said we just cast actors who physically fit the role and you're not really going to see their face for for a lot of you know for Beastman, Merman, um, you know, Clawful, and Mechanic, these guys, it could just be whoever. Well, I, um, if you, if you ever watched Prison Break, I went with Dominic Purcell. Is that the, uh, that's the bigger brother? Yes. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I went with, I went with that guy. Yeah. Because the, the other, the Wentworth, the smaller brother, he's on, he's going to be on the Flash show this fall. Oh, that's cool. He's like Captain Cold or something. Oh, yeah, he is. He is. Um, well, All right. Uh, yeah, and I had um, um, old Andy Serkis 
for Merman. Yeah, he's a. I mean, he's gonna have that Star Wars money here shortly, so. Yeah, we'll get him out of there. <laughs> now, um, I only have one more, I think. I have, I have two, but one we've kind of um, dismantled already. But my one left that that I still could see would be a sorceress portrayed by Jane Seymour. Because I feel like the sorceress has to have a little bit of age on Queen Marlena. So, you know, otherwise I'd say whoever of uh, the Gillian Anderson and Connie Britton, whoever isn't Marlena, make the other one sorceress. But I think sorceress has to have a little bit of, a little bit older than the queen. The darkness falls away to as a lone Damn it. Man okay. I, I, I can agree with that. There's three agents of a foreign power. You got one more, you said? Um, yeah, I'm sorry, I was thinking the sorcerers. I, was, I, want, I wanted to get, um... Never mind. But, um, for, um, Hordak. Jackie Earl Haley. Ah, I love that. From, uh... From, not uh, only not, not only Watchmen, but, uh... Human Target. That Human I, Target. That I, That's that what I was watched. trying to think yeah. of. Human Target. <laughs> yeah, I, I and, watched uh, that. And the new Freddy. I hate, I hate that that only went one season. That's right. He was Freddy. So he's got experience playing the big bat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Human Target, man. I wish that I lasted that more show. than one season. I agree. Uh, I love that pick. I love that pick. I only have one other um, Zodak who I think we... We uh, pulled a race change on, mm-hmm. or at least a race a interpretation of race. Um, I had originally had it as Hugo Weaving, who has sort of established that geek cred of being in Lord of the Rings, Matrix. I think he voiced Megatron in the in the Bay Formers movies. So you know, it's like hell. Why not add Masters of the Universe to your resume since you're doing all the geek movies? Um, but didn't we say Zodak's gonna be a black guy? Yeah. See, and what they <laughs> what they did in the uh, in the stupid two thousand. Yeah. They, they there's Zodak with a C, and then Zodak with a K. No. And Zodak with a C is white, I believe, and Zodak with the K is black, and they're two different people. Oh come on. Yeah. We have one Zodak, and, and I think it's. I think we have black Zodak. Unless, and then we'll have on the show where they say, "Hey Zodak," and then the guy's like, "What the fuck?" Like, no, I meant it with a K, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then, then everything's okay. Wah, wah, and we end it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I mean, that could be that. Uh, I'm I'm open to uh, fan uh, fan. Uh, input on that one yeah we'll come up with something uh, for that guy maybe a uh, rockman dunbar i have no idea who that is <laughs> Rock- <laughs> um rockman dunbar is um let's see what would you have seen him in um he was in um he was in prison break as well okay i'm looking he was in prison break he was in uh, sons he was on uh, sons of anarchy okay rockman uh, dunbar all right. Yeah, that works. Yeah. I um, I think we also at some point have to have someone be sleeping and Ninjor sneaks in and tries to assassinate them. And that can be anybody. Yeah, anybody can be Ninja. Uh, so I'm thinking Gallagher too. <laughs> Done. <laughs> 
Um, awesome. So what what what's what's left is there uh, is there to say for, um, for for this episode of Pop Culture Rescue? Well, I think that if this ever happened, it would it would more than rescue the property um, because hell, it's better than anything else that has happened. Um, I think it's either this or just the pure cartoony stick to the campy and make a new cartoon but you know they tried in the early 2000s for another cartoon and they made it a little less a little more edgy and it was all right but you know i think this is the way to go i think the blueprint exists it doesn't have to be a carbon copy of game of thrones i think the blueprint exists though for universes like that to be to have mainstream appeal to have the fantasy aspects and to have the sort of characters that are in this property. So take the source material, gear it towards adults, don't make it a kid property, and uh, I think it would be awesome. I like it. Um, and, and, and coming up, we're going uh, to do more shows. We got, um, we got things in the, down the uh, pike waiting. We got Silverhawks. Partly metal, partly real, all in need of rescue. Yeah, and 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 a lot of other things. So of course, if you uh, tweet us your suggestions, we'll we'll uh, consider those. And absolutely, I'm looking forward to it. A lot of rescuing needs to be done. Yeah, and uh, so so until then, until next time, um, thank you for listening. How Thanks for having us. Yeah. And, uh, and and we're leaving now. Uh, as we do these do more shows, we're gonna have incredibly snappy outros. We are. We're gonna get it down. Yeah. But right now, all we can say is bye bye. Yeah. We love you. <laughs>